our topic is pretty fun today, I think. Yeah, it's a good topic. It's important too. It's a very important topic. What's the topic? How to make friends. How it's to hard, make friends. right? It's hard yeah. to make friends. Yeah, you would have thought that's one of those things that you uh, you learn in kindergarten and you kind of set for life. Right, but, uh, set for life. That would, yeah. With a lot of things, uh, I feel like it goes the other way sometimes. You what know? do you mean? Meaning that some of the things you learn in kindergarten, you actually forget and get worse at. Right. Or you have to relearn. You have you to relearn. Yeah. Get older. And was, also things change too, right? We didn't have the totally tech changed. we had in preschool and in kindergarten. Yeah. The right? context. That's true. Context. The, the environment changes. It was funny though. So I listened to a really good um, doctor podcast called Peter Atia, oh, yeah. The Drive. Peter Atia. Uh, if you're into medicine or just general health and longevity, it's a phenomenal podcast. Mm -hmm. In any event, uh, he talked about how you're the best you ever were at squatting, which means, you know, sort of um, position on the ground. I'm just, I just mean literally that position. So being able to sit in a squat, right? Okay, okay. With your butt to the ground and your feet on the ground. Uh, you're the best you ever are at that at like six years old. And then you only get worse of it, at it as you get older. Oh, great. Right. Like there's, my point is that there's certain things you learn when you're a kid. And then you actually start to unlearn as you get yeah. older. And it's important to keep those alive. Right. And I think friendship and how to make friends, it's a muscle as well in, in certain aspects that we have to condition and strengthen and use. Otherwise, it'll atrophy. Yeah. We like making these analogies. Yeah. We well, haven't noticed. realize a lot of these things are muscles. We always talk about it's we like a muscle and atrophies. Yeah. But the truth is with communication, with, with social, social interaction, yeah. it is that way. It really right? is. It's, it's an you exercise, it. and um, when you don't do it, mm -hmm. your body suffers, right? right? And right. your mind suffers. And the mind and the connections it's that we true have. With, it's true with exercise, and it's true with social skills. So I think there yeah. is a lot of overlap. Definitely. So we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think one of the reasons we're talking about this topic today specifically is, you know, we talk a lot about on our channel here at Learning about how social interaction is so important. We talk about the good life, and part of it is having a crew you can count on. Yes, right. It's, it's part of the. It's part of the tagline. It's so key, though, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it is. it's really about fostering relationships, and it's not just about having a set group of friends and then being like, okay, no new admits to this group. Right? Isn't it, there like a movement about that? Yeah. So Drake has this hashtag called "No New Friends." And he's a hip hop artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, Drake, I know um, Drake. You know Drake. I know Drake. You know Drake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a video coming out about this, um, about how to maintain friendships. So you can be on the lookout for that. It's coming out next week. And yeah. um, he has a hashtag about no new friends, but we're going to talk about why that's not the case. Or why it's not a good idea. That's why it's not a good idea. So <laughs> it's okay. But. Um, <laughs> Uh -huh. It looks like so much. I'll I'll, uh, I'll get the phone later. Yeah, I yeah. think you guys are more important than the phone. Yeah. Anyway, so. but making friends is really important. And it's not just at a certain time in your life where you need to be making friends. It's, I think, a lifelong endeavor. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. And it's one of those things where I think if, uh, if you, you keep it up and you sort of continue to do it, you never have really an issue with it. Yeah. But for a lot of us, you you make a lot of friends early on in school, and, and those are environments where it's easy to make friends, yeah. where you know yeah. uh, you're around a lot of people, 
and yeah. you're encouraged to interact with each other. And just get out there. Get out there. And, in social situations. Um, right. And and everyone's like, oh, so who, who are your friends now? Like, uh, <laughs> who are you going to have a play date with? Who are you going to have a sleepover with? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. who's your crew and all this stuff. But as you sort of get older, you, that becomes less structured. Yeah, post-college. Yeah. It becomes less structured. And so while um, if, if you don't continue to keep that up, what ends up happening is, yeah, your, your, your friend pool does start to contract yeah. as, you know, people move and, you know, it's harder to keep in touch and interests diverge. Right. Um, Things happen. Life happens. Life happens. Right? And so, right. I, I, eventually what happens is, is if you don't continue to sort of go, get out there and, and make those friends, you start yeah. to run a situation where that pool of friends starts to contract. Right. So I think also we have to differentiate between different types of friends. Mm. Right. So acquaintances, casual friends, real friends, best friends. What do you make of all that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a really good Seneca uh, snippet. So, so Seneca, Seneca let's Yeah, yeah. So Seneca yeah. is a Stoic philosopher. He's not the first, but he's one of the most well known. Mm -hmm. um, and he was uh, a relatively uh, well-to-do um, Roman merchant. I think he was a merchant. I think so. I think, yeah. yeah. In any event, he was, you know, sort of pseudo-aristocracy in Rome way back in the day. Um, we're talking ancient Rome here. But he was, uh, he had uh, the ear of a lot of very important people because uh, despite his wealth. He espoused these He espoused beliefs. these stoic beliefs that cool. were very sort of non-materialistic. And uh, there's a really good write-up uh, of his whole diaries, or uh, I'm not sure they're diaries. Entries. Letters, letters. letters. Oh, yeah, yeah. The he, letters. He, he's always writing letters to people. To whom? Uh, to a variety of people. Okay. Um, people that he... People he advises, advises. People that he cares about. Okay. And in these, the letters are just absolute treasures. They truly are hum treasures of humanity because they're just, they're so packed with good information, yeah. good advice. And so uh, Tim Ferriss actually does a whole write-up. I was going to say. Which yeah, is so if you want letters to find from a Stoic. some of that, you can go to Tim Ferriss. I think also Amazon. They sometimes put out these um, like classics, and you can even get mm -hmm. them for free sometimes. I think Letters from a Stoic is on there. Letters from a Stoic may well be. Yeah. Um, he His stuff is in the public domain, so it's available Libraries anywhere. Too. Right. <laughs> Tim Ferriss, I think, well, I guess what he did that was special is that he made it uh, audio. Okay. I only yeah. do audio. I mostly only do audio. So great way to. Um, anyways, learn. let's talk about the specific one. So he, in his one of them, he, uh, in one of his letters, he talks about what it means to be a real friend, mm. a true friend. That's good. And the 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 term friend gets used so loosely. It does. Um, that uh, it starts to lose its meaning. Mm. And and so uh, when we use it. We, you know, might be referring to someone who's very close to us uh, and who means the world to us. We might also just be referring to someone who we've met a couple times. Uh, Maybe had of, a connection with. Yeah, right? sort of connected with. Maybe even not. I mean, I've heard people use the term friend uh, or, or more commonly sometimes buddy, right? <laughs> and these are people that they've How? met once or twice and like, you yeah. know, don't really have a meaningful relationship to, with. Yeah. And so I think it's very important to distinguish between those two. Okay. Because the one the type of friend we're talking about 
is the one that really means something to you. The, the, the type that- so uh, a close friend. A close friend. A real one, friend, close friend. Yeah, someone friend. you can confide in. Yes. Someone that uh, really you. gets you, cares about yeah. you. If you're down, they're going to help you get out of it. Yeah, maybe this person will move mountains for you. Yeah. How nice, right? And that's very different from a friend who, you know, you, hang you out met with through other friends, you hang out with sometimes, mm -hmm. um, but wouldn't necessarily, you know, stand by you when times get tough. So these are people you can count on. Yes. In a nutshell. Very much so. A crew you can count that's on. That's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> sounds like a crew. I had to yeah, say it. Yeah, you can it's count. It's just it. so fun. But that's it, right? Yeah. So um, it's different than obviously friends on Facebook, right? Friends yeah. like followers. Totally. These are all different sort of concepts of people that are sort of in your circle. Yes. Um, but when it comes to a real friend, it's it's different. That's right. Do you remember back when Facebook was still new and it was only open to college students? It was only people who could have who had an edu dot edu email address. Yes. I yes. remember those days. I remember being so excited so to put mine stoked. in. So yeah. stoked. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I remember that way back when, this is only like, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe? Yeah, it's about 10 years ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, back then, the wall posts were actually numbered. So they would tell you when you visited somebody's page or you saw your own page on Facebook, you could see how many people posted on your wall. Yeah, they got rid of great. that later because I think it was really affecting people's uh, self worth. Because it's like you see somebody with like maybe five posts on their wall, yeah. and this is like from the get go. This is from the the time that you start Facebook, right? I remember that, and I it would be something I was actually it wasn't even just the the wall post. It was also just pictures. pictures. Well, that was later when they okay, added the picture. Okay. But I remember with the wall posts, like sometimes people had like fifteen hundred you know, posts from their friends. And it was like, wow, that's, that person's super popular. It right. was a vanity metric that was totally. really affecting people's well-being. So and, they got and, rid of it. And yes, so you looked at people like, oh, they're popular. Yeah. But then you also look at yourself and you're, and like, you're like, ooh, oh, wow. I only have like five posts. Five posts, or, you know, wow. Ooh, I, but, you know, you're like, I, I felt, I remember feeling insecure about definitely, it. Definitely, of course, we all did. And then, but then maybe, maybe you had five wall posts, but you had awesome interactions, like real interactions with people who really care about you. Yeah. Right? So there's that disconnect or there's a, the, the distinction between your popula popularity on this one platform, right? Yes. But then in real life, it's like you're crushing it with the friends. Um, and that's so true. And, and, and I think what you're getting at is something that's true across a lot of sort of aspects of life, which is quality versus quantity. Totally. Right? And so um, there are two ways to think about your friends. One is how many do you have? Yeah. And that's what Facebook was very much into is essentially yeah. how, how many Giving friends do you have? Value. But what it did a really poor job of assessing was what quality of friend are they, right? right. So how many, but like also how, how meaningful are those relationships? Exactly. Um, and that is actually so much more important. And the research bears this out. Definitely. It's the quality of your relationships. It's not the number. It's not exactly. the quantity that matters. And so you can have, you know, a thousand friends on right. Facebook, but if, if they're not 
if, if none of them are people that you could call and say, hey, I really had a really tough day. Can we talk about it? Or here's some exciting news. I oh, yeah, it's positive, you. right? Yeah, yeah, both, both. I'm both. so pumped about this. Uh, <laughs> I would love to tell someone about it. But see, the, the positive stuff is easier to share on social media. That's Because the of the highlight reels that everyone Because people to want to share, share that. And so they're proud about it. It's, I think that where, where it really comes into play is when things aren't as positive, when right. it's not so shareable. I think you're right about that. Right? Yeah. That's, that's when you really need that person to, to sort of- A shoulder to cry on. A shoulder to cry on. And um, also just someone to hang out with, right? And spend some time with and yeah. decompress. So anyways- There's um, a difference there. There's a big difference. And yeah. the point is that the, the quality of the friendships- uh, is, is by far the most important thing. Definitely. You can have two, three friends in your entire life. Yeah. You know, that, that, that could be, if you had a count on two, you know, one on hand, hand. Yeah. the total number of friends you had, that's okay. It's fine. If those it's are great. really good friends, yeah. right? Um, and in fact, I would contend that if uh, your number is five, yeah. uh, the quality of your friendship with those friends is much higher than someone who has a hundred friends, but in fact, doesn't have a meaningful connection with them. Right, because it comes down to like the time that you're willing to put into not only finding friends, creating friendships, mm. but also maintaining friendships. There's a really interesting statistic I want to share with oh, you. Oh, yeah. So this is from the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships. They have a mm. relatively new study, and they showed that on average, it takes about 50 hours to turn an acquaintance, so somebody that you're not, you've just met, into a casual friend. It takes about 50 hours. Fascinating. Yeah, you have to put in 50 five hours. 5-0. Five 5-0 zero. Five zero in order to become a casual wow. friend. And then it takes roughly 90 hours to become a real friend. And then really? guess how many hours it takes to become a close friend. So a best friend, let's say. So the first was 50. 50 to the next become was 90. casual. 90 to become what they're calling real. Real. And then a close friend? Right. So the ultimate. Wow. How I mean, many hours do you think? Maybe 200? Yes. I don't know. Wow. You got it. I was doing the math. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. So it gives you a sort of a sense if you quantify it, right? Yeah. I mean, of course, these are averages. It has nothing to do with well, this is not specifically about your personality. Maybe you're super charismatic and a Boolean and you make friends in like 10 minutes. I don't right. Know. But the point here is that you actually need to invest time. Yeah. Into wow. building that connection. And I think it also comes down to realizing that when you meet somebody, mm -hmm. even if you have this great connection with them, you don't necessarily reach best friend status in like a week or right. two weeks, or even a month, right? It really has to do with Well, if you look at so 200 hours. Spending time. Yeah, how, okay, so, so roughly what two, is that? 200 that hours, like? um, and let's say each instance you're spending time with your friends, this is very generous. Let's say it's An eight hour. hours. Oh, eight hours. I'm oh. just saying if, okay. if it were eight hours. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, mm -hmm. then you're looking at, and so that's like, what, six, that would be 16 segments? Yeah. Between 16 and, and 24 segments, yeah. right? So it's, you're basically looking at, right, uh, a lot of, um, that's a lot of times to meet up, right? Yeah. And if, and if it's more like four hours, then it's even more. You double it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a high frequency, a high volume. <laughs> and it just shows you yeah. what you really have to invest Definitely. to have uh, what they call real friends. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So, wow. I mean, that's something to keep in mind, I think, because yeah. again, it takes sort of some of the pressure off of you and also on that other person that you're trying to be friends with, because I think it's just having the foresight that you need to actually like put time in. Yeah. Well, also think about this way, when you're a kid, that's easier. Like right. when you're a kid, exactly. particularly on the summer or on yes. weekends, you end up, you can easily spend eight hours with a friend exactly. during the day, right? You, you go hang out. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I used to, we would go in the jungle. Yeah. So our, our, the place we lived, we lived in this like compound and it was right next to the jungle. Yeah. And so <laughs> after school and on the weekends, you know, whenever we had free time, we'd all get together. It'd be like 10 of us. Uh, in the compound. It's a crew. And we is a crew. Yeah, yeah. This is like sixth to eighth grade. We'd all get together and go to the jungle. We'd be there all day. Right. And have just the most fun. Yeah. Right. Tree houses, whatever. That's amazing. Um, and anyways, that's easy. Yeah. But think about it now. Now. When 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 you have a job, when you have, you know, a family responsibilities. Responsibilities. Uh it starts to get way harder to spend yeah. that kind of time with with people. Right. Right. I'm trying yeah. to think, I guess you opportunities would be something like uh, a group vacation, right? We went, we went, we went on a trip recently with some friends and that yeah. was a good way to spend really a lot fun. of meaningful time together. Yeah. But your typical, you know, oh, let's go get drinks or, you know, let's, out, let's watch a movie or something. Movie. Yeah. You're really only getting, you what, know, two, hours? two three, three hours of quality time. So to reach that friend status yeah. when you're older. Takes, the 200 hours we're talking about. The 200 hours. Yeah, hard takes a much more more effort deliberate investment yeah so I think you know in college mm. it's a lot easier to university and other places university call college in the US yeah. yeah I think it's easier there to make friends right to make friends in college because you're spending a lot of time and you run into people right you run into them in the cafeteria at the gym at yeah social events at maybe in the library <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and you're in that community together. Together. Right? right. It's not like once you leave sort of a community like that, a structured community like that, mm -hmm. you're not in the same proximity. Right. Uh, and, and your schedules start to really diverge. So in college and, and in school in general, you have two things going for you. One, you're sort of in that same proximal area. Yeah. Uh, and two, your schedules are relatively aligned. That's true. You might be sharing classes, yeah. but either way, classes from here to here. And then hanging out time is from here to here. It's it's more structured. Exactly. But yeah, once you once you sort of depart from that context, uh, it becomes much less structured. Yeah, yeah. So I think if anyone out there, um, if you're watching this and you're you happen to be in college or university, that's great. Like definitely take advantage of the people that you meet there and try to get to know as many people as you can. Try to in a meaningful way. In a meaningful way, it's not just like, "Hey, how are you? What's up?" I mean, if you're going to do that, then it's kind of pointless. Mm. I, mean, I mean, no, it would be, be it's not pointless. It's not but pointless. I get, I get what you're saying. But if if your goal is to try to foster real relationships, then you know, sit down with people, talk to them, yeah. and this could be even in a group setting. Clubs, there's clubs, a lot of clubs. Yeah, join clubs. Right? Be active. Be social. Yeah. You know, definitely study too. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. proponent of studying. You did an amazing job. So. Mary Daphne was a phenomenal student in college. <laughs> I can't claim the same. Uh, she was a phenomenal student, but what was amazing about Mary Daphne was she also knew everyone. So she did this amazing job of working really hard and, and, and developing you know, your academics. But at the same time, when you hung out, you really hung out. I just remember 
you know, spending time with you, you're always very present um, and very open. I think your openness was a big part of what made that so successful. I think part of it too, is that just like, I loved where we went to college. Greg and I went to college together and I just loved it. It was such a wonderful place. And I just really genuinely found the people so awesome. And particularly our friend group too, like just so many authentic individuals was awesome. But I tried to be mindful that I needed to meet people from different groups, like international students. Yeah, you did a great job. People from, you know, just everywhere, all sorts of people, because I just, I just, I don't know. I felt like it was worth investing in getting to know people and um, just trying to like learn from them and share experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang out. And I think. Yeah, you were fearless in that regard. It was, um, it was good. Yeah. If I wasn't in the library, I was just like making friends everywhere. Yeah. But you were also really good about that, I think. Yeah. Well, I think what helped uh, us and people like us was that we were open, yeah. right? I think and authentic. I think and authentic and authentic. So Both important. of those things make a big difference. And um, I was friends with some people uh, who weren't as open. And what I mean by open yeah. is yeah. Um, they sort of had a small group of people that they hung out with, and that was the only group that they wanted to hang out with. That's like the no new friends has- hashtag that we're trying mm, to trying to uh, delete. Yeah, <laughs> extinguish. Yeah. Um, and you know, look, the, the friends that they had were, were great and you know, that, that, yeah, that matters, okay. but the problem right. is, um, when you exclude other people from sort of joining those groups, uh, it can get stale and become an echo chamber yeah. and you also just, you limit your future options. I think one of the insights and, and worldviews, certainly worldviews, right? certainly worldviews. Which, which then actually has an impact down the road, right? Definitely. If you can develop a broader worldview earlier on, so that's going to expand your, and, and I would say enhance your ability to make friends as you get older. Yeah. But um, the insight I was thinking was when, if, if, if the college and high school, if those and even earlier are such good times to make friends, yeah. uh, and it gets harder as you get older, then you really want to treasure those friendships. Yes, exactly. Right? It, like, the ones that you made and, and keep and, those and friendships. And maintain those friendships. Because you had such an like an advantage and head start making friends during that time. Yeah. That those are the ones that you've already have. Yes. So keep them alive to yeah. the extent that you can. Nurture those. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we have some action over there. Yeah. Oh, good evening, Ved. Great, <laughs> great to have you back. Hello. Yeah, yeah. If you just join us, we're we're talking about uh sort of the importance of good quality friends. Yeah. And um you know, the importance of, of sort of developing those and, and maintaining them for as as long as you can and, and really treasuring them. Definitely. And it comes sort of in a, it's kind of a two, twofold thing. So it's not just about making friends, but it's about keeping your friends when you have them. Um, And as you get older too, I think life gets in the way. And so you have to be extra Proactive. Proactive and deliberate and thoughtful about putting yourself into situations where you're going to make friends. So let's talk about those now. Yeah. Um, Maybe joining, you know, meetups or maybe joining like maybe uh, a course or a class or a club. Yeah. Or a gym. Or a gym. Yeah. And like try to talk to people. Don't just go in and, you know, do your routine. Yeah, which I'm totally guilty of. Guilty of. I mean, sometimes when I go to these things, 
I'm like, all right, I'm coming here for one purpose. For example, let's say a, a gym class. It's like yeah. I go to the gym class. I'm here for one purpose, and that's to like kick butt at this class. Right. And then I'm gonna get out of there. But that's unfortunately not a good way to take advantage of what's what's this opportunity is, which right. is not only is it an opportunity to get fitter. Yeah. It's also an opportunity to meet other people who apparently share similar objectives, right? You're all there to get fit. So I, I like this idea yeah. of like you go to these sort of structured uh, events or, or mm-hmm. spaces yeah. because they immediately, similar to college yeah. and school, they immediately uh, pre-establish some alignment that you have with each other. Yes. So by definition, right? There's a common there's, sort of you, common You have ground. already some common ground yeah. to, to start with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can use that to mm-hmm. ask questions like, oh, you know, are you using that dumbbell over there? <laughs> Even something like that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So Thomas Frank, he's a YouTuber and he has a, he has what he calls the three second rule um, in terms of like pro- approaching people. So his rule is, okay, so it's three seconds. So let's say I see Greg lifting some weights and I don't know Greg, let's say. He's um, getting ripped. He's getting ripped. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I see him within three seconds, I have to decide if I'm going to go up and talk to him. And once huh. the three seconds have passed, then, okay, I've lost my chance. That's so within really three seconds, and I think it's really good because that way you're not like ruminating over, you know, do I, and then you're not like right. staring at the person like that, like super awkward, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, I start to like, what <laughs> like what's doing? going on? <laughs> Did I do something wrong? <laughs> but like, let's say, so I see you and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to him. He is a dumbbell. I need that dumbbell actually. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Can I have that dumbbell? Maybe you'd say, or I don't know, however you want to say Yeah. Look, I could respond by saying, you know, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and in fact, I found a really cool way to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you want to, do you want to like, I I can show you how I just like this cool new exercise. Yeah. Like how's your form? You know, I think also, also help asking people for help. So let's say you're at the gym Mm. and you like your form is not, I always ask Greg if my form is okay. Cause I just, you have way more experience. Well, anyone looking at someone else is going to have a better view, right? It's hard to, it's very hard to judge your own form. But like, let's say, so at a gym, what are some icebreakers you can use? You could say, could you, you know, spot me if you're at the, uh, what's it called? The put, what is it? Bench press. Yeah. yeah, Bench press. Yeah. 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 (laughs) See, case in point, (laughs) the bench press, you do want somebody to spot you there. Yeah. Totally. Fall on you. I've, I've many times actually asked strangers to spot yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And, and you immediately, it's so funny, just this tiny little ask like that, you immediately develop this kinship, Yeah. you know? And uh, I, I really nice. like the idea of asking for help as a strategy too. And obviously we, we talk a lot about gyms too, but it doesn't have to be a gym. It, it, can, be, be, it, can, be it can be anywhere. A dance class. It a could dance be class. A, uh, a cooking class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, right? Uh, I mean, but it could even be something on a subway, right? Where you're like, like you're on a subway train. Yeah, you're on a subway train okay. and, um, you know, you're asking for directions somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Right? I, but asking for help is is great for starting a conversation. As an icebreaker. As an icebreaker because what it does is um, it immediately shows some sort of a, a level of vulnerability and humbleness on your part, I right? So. You're saying, I'm brave enough to ask you for help. Yeah. I'm admitting that I don't know how to do this or could use further advice. And it also says you appear to be someone qualified. Right. So in one go, yeah, in one go, you're um, sort of uh, demonstrating humility for yourself. And openness. Openness. 
and then also demonstrating to that person that they appear to be credible. So you're kind of almost complimenting them. Yeah. It's a two, it's a sort of a two punch method that uh, can be very effective for starting that conversation. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I think of like social awkwardness as really just what you make it. So if you go in there and think like, oh, I'm, I'm just like super awkward right now. Like no one's going to like show me how to lift this weight properly. If you go in there with that kind of mindset, then yeah, you're going to be socially awkward because mm. it's going to tell your brain and then your body language is going to show that and people will pick up on that. Right. But instead, if you go in there thinking, I got this under control, this situation is only as awkward as I'm going to make it. So if you go in there with that mindset and that control, yeah. then you realize that it's actually not awkward. It's all up here. And yeah. once you shut it down up here, you're, you know, relax. And so what if you flub? So what if you, you know, slip? So, so what if you, you know, say the wrong thing by mistake or, I don't know, laugh like a hyena or something. You know, sometimes <laughs> like when you people laugh, they snort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that happens to me sometimes, totally. right? And it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Whatever. So I think a situation well, is only as awkward as you make it. But what you're getting at too that I think is is spot on. Yeah. Is it's because you're being authentic. So yeah. yeah. So what if you laugh funny? So what if you know you're stuttering or or you are awkward? Yeah. Well, that's you. You know, <laughs> that's you in that moment at least. And and uh, a friend, if they're going to become a friend, yeah, is going to appreciate. And that. they'll look past that too. They'll it's totally like, look so past what? it. And and that is part of you. So if anything, if you tend to be an awkward person, embrace it. Embrace it. So what? Uh, and be that person yeah. and and that will show them who you are and if they're interested in that type of person then they're going to reciprocate exactly. right and, and maybe they'll also let their awkwardness yeah fly. yeah it turns out they're awkward fly. too <laughs> exactly um and so that that yeah i i love i love that sort of um sort of removing the sense of uh hesitation yeah on the basis of how you might present yourself because in the reality uh, your authenticity is the most important thing you present. Right. Yeah. So don't worry too much about it. Just kind of go for it. Just go with it. And and uh, by definition, by just going for it, yeah. you will project that authenticity. And then I think it will turn into confidence as well. And and yeah, I think I think once you don't worry about it, you automatically confident. are confident. Yeah. 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 So um, Thomas Frank also talks about proximity friends. And proximity friends. Yeah. So proximity friends are the people. So think of a neighbor as a proximity friend, people that you sort of run into mm. just because they're within close proximity of your home, your apartment, your workplace, a gym, any place that you frequent often. Mm. And so he's saying, don't, you know, rule out proximity friends as an option for a real friend down the line. Um, yeah. And his point is that with proximity friends, they might take you out of your comfort zone in that they'll probably have different interests from you, right? So if you start sort of hanging yeah. out with these proximity friends, they might take you down, um, you know, an awesome, I don't know, bike trail that you didn't know about, even though it was like five miles from where you live, right. or they might, you know, be in a chess club that they want you to join and you don't know anything about chess, but you want to learn and become a better chess player yeah, yeah. or something. So proximity friends 
are also a great right. way of sort of, because you run into these people, right? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're close to you, so, uh, meaning proximally close, proximally right? Physically close. in, yeah, in close distance. proximity to you. Small. Mm -hmm. um, and to your point, that that's really the only thing that you have in common at the outset. Yeah. Right. Being so, close to so this by person, definition, like it's almost distance wise. You introduce a level of sto uh, stochasticity, right? The, the randomness. Oh yeah. Um, that um, that uh, enables these sort of discoveries. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not it's not a home run, right? You may well not connect with them, and that's right. okay. But the point is, if you do connect, well, what a cool opportunity to sort of plug into something that's you know, otherwise totally outside your echo chamber, totally outside your comfort zone. Yeah. It's like um, running into somebody over and over again at a cafe. Yeah. And it's like, is the universe trying to tell me to like be friends with this person right. or totally. like, you know, hang out or so yeah. that's kind of what we mean by proc. Well, not we, this is Tomix Frank's term proximity friends, but I thought that was kind of cool. I have one more thing to add to it, which is if you're talking practically, yes, practically people, speaking. <laughs> which I love to talk practical. <laughs> Totally, uh, totally. If you need help with something, the people that are in the best position to help you, right? I'm talking about something immediate. Yeah. Uh, you need to move something heavy, right? right? Or maybe or you need an a, egg. Fix a pipe. Or you need an egg. Yeah, you ran out of eggs or something. Recipe or something. Guess who can help you the, the fastest? The person yeah. next to you. Yeah. So it behooves you to actually make an effort. And it might take more effort than normal, right? Yeah. You might not have that immediate connection. Um, but it's still worth uh, working to foster that friendship if only because uh, there are a lot of practical benefits to it beyond mm -hmm. just the, the friendship itself. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's okay, right? It's okay to, to treat friendships uh, both as important sort of psychological uh, buttresses, right, as things that support you, uh, but also as sort of day-to-day -day life support, right? Yeah. I mean, the reality is friendship in, in communities and villages they exist and tribes exist because they're, it's more than just the psychological support. They're there for you in, in, in a variety of different in ways. In a pinch. Yeah. In a pinch. Mm -hmm. And so um, the practical aspects of friendship are very real and, and uh, something to, to also treat with respect. Definitely. Yeah. So important. I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you decide when to get to the next level in terms of friends? So for example, let's say you want to invest 200 hours. Right. <laughs> I'm like now obsessed. You have like a spreadsheet. <laughs> and you, you, can you imagine you like you're hanging out with people and then yeah. you clock, like you, you a timestamp. Right. Log, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, like for work. we just got in five hours today. Well done. Uh, we're actually closing in on the 90 hour <laughs> real friend mark. That means that we get the certificate. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. The next level friendship. No, but seriously, like how do you, I'm just yeah, yeah, out loud here. Totally, totally. Like, what are the criteria that you base it on whether to keep hanging out with this person or stop hanging out or just let the universe do its thing? What do you? Yeah, do you and I think, think about that? related to that is also sort of how do you assess where you are in the friendship, right? Yeah, sure. And how maybe it's not like equal in terms of how the uh, person views wow. the okay, closeness. This is now a three-parter. Wow. All right. Lots so let me, <laughs> let me start out by saying I don't recommend keeping a spreadsheet no, of, course of how many just, hours you're spending with no, people. I don't just, think that's a good we're idea. I'm just joking about that. Um, I think it's really more so that's a, a heuristic, <laughs> right? It's something to yeah. sort of use as a basis for understanding roughly yeah. how long it would take. Yeah. Um, 
Now, when it comes to whether uh, this is someone that you want to continue to hang out with more or not, I, I think actually, in my experience, it's a pretty easy decision. I think it happens naturally. Yeah, it happens naturally, but you also notice it. I mean, I, I will actively make decisions to not hang out with people. Yeah. Um, if I have certain reasons and typically those reasons will be something like they do something that isn't really in line with my lifestyle, maybe or your values, right? My values, maybe it's because they're, do, you know, involved in behavior that isn't healthy and I'm really big into health or it's counterproductive to my professional ambitions, right? If there's things that, uh, these uh, people that you've met are doing that are counterproductive to your goals or to in, in some way aren't making you feel comfortable yeah. or preventing you from being authentic. Mm. I think those are all good uh, sort of indicators that you might want to shut it down. And it's okay to shut that down, right? Absolutely. Uh, you shouldn't be afraid to do that. And you don't have to do it in an aggressive or, no. or combative way. It's just, it, it happens very naturally. You yeah. just, they invite you to things and say, sorry, I'm busy, sorry, I'm busy. And eventually, you know, you guys sort of get it and, and you go certain ways. You don't have to get all official with them. But I think being on the lookout for that type of thing, when you hang out with them, when you when yeah. you sort of finish hanging out with them, do you remember it as that was an awesome, fun time that, that yes. feels good? Or was there, you know, was there aspects of that that I didn't feel so good about? Right. And also when you get invited to things with them, do you sort of jump at the, do you jump at it and you're like, yeah. yes, this is awesome. I can't wait to hang out. Or is it like, oof. What can excuse can I come up with? Right. So listening for those kind of cues, I think, are a good. And that's all intrapersonal communication. Very much. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, we have a video about how to know when to let go of friendships and relationships of just you know social settings that with people that you just don't know yeah, whether right. you want to maintain them as uh, keep them as a friend or not. Yeah, you, uh, I remember you put together like a nice yeah, sort of checklist. It's all these questions that you should ask yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of them is about uh, tapping into how you feel after interacting with them. Do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel good about the world? Do you feel good about your day? Is it brighter outside, even if it's a cloudy day? Or is yeah. it, right, we're talking about figuratively here. Yeah. So definitely check that. I'll link it below, um, how to know when to let go. It's it's And this is true for even people that, you know, an acquaintance. It's really just for anybody yeah. that you are friends with. This yeah. is not, we're not even talking about, you know, romantic relationships here. We're talking about just people that you are friends with. So yeah. it's important so that you can take the time and energy to put into people who you actually do want to spend time with. Because we only have so many hours in a day, right? Especially if we're doing yeah. other things. And yeah. it comes down to really prioritizing and um, knowing sort of what makes you happy. Yeah. There's, there's also another dimension, uh, that gosh, this topic. So, but we're actually, I know we're, we're actually hitting on our, <laughs> we, so should, we should probably wrap up, okay. <laughs> but, um, I just want to say, this is such a big topic. We're definitely gonna have to revisit we, it. We should talk about it. More ways. Cause another thing, um, that I was thinking about is going back to sort of the practical nature yeah. of friendships. Um, they're friends for different occasions, right? So there's friends who are really good at, at helping you through tough times. There's friends that are really good at helping you decompress and going out and having fun. Um, the friends that are really good for brainstorming. getting brainstorming, brainstorming, being like creative. creative. Ones for challenging yourself, and there can be overlap between them. But different friends can ser serve sort of different roles in your life that are very important. I love that point. Yeah, there's no is, like one size fits all. Yeah, or just yeah. Like, 
a fixer upper friend for everything. Exactly. So that's definitely something to explore too. Yeah. Um, but just, just to wrap up, because the other question you were asking, yeah. I think, um, right. So knowing there are things you can look at to sort of determine whether to continue the friendship or not. And then in terms of sort of assessing where you are in that friendship, uh, that I think is, 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 is not something you really need to do actively. Yeah. I think the point simply there is getting to, to the point where your real authentic friends takes time and takes investment. And so the more time you can give it, the better off you are. And uh, to the extent that it's worth it to you to do it, mm-hmm. you'll do it. Yeah. And so uh, I don't think you have to track where you are on that sort of progression. Right. I just think that uh, if you're enjoying spending time with them, spend more time because you can always spend more time and chances are you still you know, will benefit. Chances are there's room to get an even better friendship. Yeah. From it. But be sure to listen to that voice inside yeah. your head saying, you know, pointing you in one direction or the other in terms of. Yeah, well, definitely. If, if, if you feel like you're having to work to sort of yeah. keep that friendship up, that's probably another flag that, you know, it might not be one that's worth keeping up. 